drew the flames card. This seemingly innocuous deck of cards has had countless incarnations, starting all the way back in the very first Greyhawk supplement guide for first edition D&D. And while it has gone through various changes, it has remained true to its core concept of throwing a big pile of chaos into a stale campaign. But what does it do, and how does it actually work? And more importantly, should you even use it? As I mentioned, this deck has gone through many iterations. Sometimes it's 13 cards, sometimes it's 22 cards, sometimes they're made of vellum, and sometimes they're made of ivory. The cards themselves are a lot like tarot cards, sharing the same back, but each face bears a different symbolic figure. What the deck is, though, is a whole heap of chaos. Whenever a player draws a card, something happens depending on the card drawn, then it disappears. Some of the cards are good, some are bad, and some will completely derail your campaign. The Deck of Many Things is a powerful artifact. There's no real way for your players to acquire it unless you intentionally want them to have it. I've seen some DMs simply offer up the Deck of Many Things as an option because it's funny, and it totally can be for a short campaign. If you're running a longer one, though, uh, I'm just going to tell you straight up, do not use it. The Deck of Many Things is a useful tool for making a campaign exciting or randomly invigorating, and generally livening up an adventure that has grown stale. Often, the deck will simply change the direction of your campaign. Drawing a card could mean an adventure to recover a player from an extra-dimensional space, a long adventure fighting against a malevolent devil like I just got done doing, or even a fight against one of the players as they suddenly turn evil. The deck isn't going to make these adventures for you, but it does lay the groundwork for what could become a very interesting tangent in your campaign. If you find yourself holding the deck of many things, you've got two options. Hide it away, or absolutely go crazy and start drawing. Each card could literally kill you, gain you a level, make you wildly wealthy, or kill you, start a side quest, enlist the aid of a faithful knight, kill you. Drawing a card could instantly kill you. The Deck of Many Things is basically the ultimate fantasy slot machine. Only draw cards if you're comfortable losing your current character for all that they are. Well, I've beaten around the bush enough, let's get into what these cards actually do. I mentioned that a lot of them are pretty drastic, and even more of them are... Kind of nonsensical. Uh, I, I won't even say that there's a pervading theme among all the cards. They're just kind of bad thing or good thing happens. So let's get into it. The Deck of Many Things is a wondrous legendary item. Usually found in a box or a pouch, this deck contains a number of cards made of ivory or vellum. Most, 75% of these decks, only have 13 cards, but the rest have 22. Before you draw a card, you must declare how many cards you intend to draw and then draw them randomly. Any cards drawn in excess of this number have no effect. Otherwise, as soon as you draw a card from the deck, its magic takes effect. You must draw each card no more than one hour after the previous draw. If you fail to draw the chosen number, the remaining number of cards fly from the deck on their own and take effect all at once. Once a card is drawn, it fades from existence, unless the card is the Fool or the Jester card. The card reappears in the deck, making it possible to draw the same card twice. Starting with the balance card, your mind suffers a wrenching alteration, causing your alignment to change. Lawful becomes chaotic, good becomes evil, and vice versa. 
If you are a true neutral or unaligned character, this card has absolutely no effect on you. And you're starting to see why I absolutely do not suggest using this for a long-running campaign. This basically ends your character, or any aspirations you had for that character. Moving on to the Comet, if you single-handedly defeat the next hostile monster or group of monsters you encounter, you gain experience points enough to gain one level. Otherwise, this card has no effect. Be sure to read the fine print on that one. Then there's the Dungeon card. You disappear and become entombed in a state of suspended animation in an extra-dimensional sphere. Everything you were wearing and carrying stays behind in the space you occupied when you disappeared. You remain imprisoned until you are found and removed from the sphere. You can't be located by any divination magic, but a wish spell can reveal the location of your prison. You draw no more cards after this occurrence. Then there's Uriel. This card's Medusa-like visage curses you, and you take a negative two penalty on saving throws while cursed in this way. Only a god or the magic of the fates card can end this curse. Speaking of the fates, the fates. Reality's fabric unravels and spins anew, allowing you to avoid or erase one event that just never happened. You can use the card's magic as soon as you draw the card or at any other time before you die. And then there's the flames card. A powerful devil becomes your enemy. The devil seeks your ruin and plagues your life, savoring your suffering before attempting to slay you. This enmity lasts until either you or the devil dies. I managed to win this round. One of the more fun cards is the Fool card. You lose 10,000 XP, discard this card, and draw from the deck again, counting both draws as one of your declared draws. If losing that much XP would cause you to lose a level, you instead lose an amount that leaves you with just enough XP to keep your level. One of the luckiest ones is Gem. 25 pieces of jewelry worth 2,000 gold pieces each, or 50 gems worth 1,000 gold pieces each, appear at your feet. I guess the slot machine analogy I made is really more apt than I thought. Then there's the Idiot card. Permanently reduce your intelligence by 1d4 plus 1 to a minimum score of 1, and you can draw one additional card beyond your declared draws. This is another one of those cards that will absolutely decimate any character you have in its tracks. A bit more of a jaunty card is the Jester. You gain 10,000 XP, or you can draw two additional cards beyond your declared draws. And even more exciting than that is the Key card. A rare or rarer magic item with which you are proficient appears in your hand. The GM chooses the weapon, and depending on your campaign, this could actually be pretty exciting. With the Knight card, you gain the service of a 4th level fighter who appears in a space you choose within 30 feet of you. The fighter is of the same race as you and serves you loyally until death, believing that the fates have drawn him or her to you. You control this character, and this is one of those things that I actually think is pretty great. I kind of wish there was more of, more of an opportunity for something like this to happen without the deck of many things, but hey, what can you do? With the moon card, you are granted the ability to cast the wish spell 1d3 times. With Rogue, a non-player character of the GM's choice becomes hostile towards you. The identity of your new enemy isn't known until the NPC or someone else reveals it. Nothing less than a wish spell or divine intervention can end the NPC's hostility towards you. And then there's Ruin, in which all forms of wealth that you carry or own, other than magic items, are lost to you. And I'm talking the whole shebang. Portable property vanishes, businesses, buildings, the land you own are all lost in some way that alters reality the least. Any documentation that proves you should own something lost to this card also disappears. Speaking of cards that will absolutely ruin your life, the Skull. You summon an avatar of death, a ghostly humanoid skeleton clad in tattered black robes and carrying a spectral scythe. 
It appears in a space of the DM's choice within 10 feet of you and attacks you, warning all others that you must win the battle alone. The avatar fights until you die or it drops to zero hit points, whereupon it disappears. If anyone tries to help you, the helper summons its own avatar of death. A creature slain by the avatar of death can't be restored to life. And looking at these stats, I'm sure you can see that this isn't exactly an easy fight. With the star card, you can increase one of your ability scores by two. The score can exceed 20, but can't exceed 24. This feels like a strange kind of win to have. Uh, this is one of those good cards where it just kind of feels like, again, it would completely derail the campaign because suddenly one character is so much more powerful than everyone else. Uh, I don't know why I'm so hung up on that card, but that's just one of those things that feels like sort of a weird, if not hollow, victory. With the Sun card, you gain 50,000 XP and a Wondrous item, which the GM determines randomly, and it appears in your hands. With the Talons card, every magic item you wear or carry completely disintegrates. Artifacts in your possession aren't destroyed, but they do vanish. And with the Throne card, you gain proficiency in the Persuasion skill, and you double your proficiency bonus on checks made with that skill. In addition, you gain rightful ownership of a small keep somewhere in the world. However, the keep is currently in the hands of monsters, which you must clear out before you can claim and keep it as your own. Again, why, why do certain cards have so many stipulations like that and others don't? You, you guys can start to see where my issues lie with this deck, I hope. One of the most controversial cards in the game, the Vizier card, at any time you can choose within one year of drawing this card to ask a question in meditation and mentally receive a truthful answer to that question. Besides information, the answer helps you solve a puzzling problem or other dilemma. In other words, the knowledge comes with wisdom on how to apply it. The reason this is so controversial is that it basically makes the DM have to tell you something, even if that's information that could completely derail the session, the campaign, or make something come up that they didn't have planned to come up for quite a while. Uh, players, if you draw this, just try not to make your DM scratch their head too much. And then there's the Void. This black card spells disaster. Your soul is drawn from your body and contained in an object in a place of the GM's choice. One or more powerful beings guard the place. While your soul is trapped in this way, your body is completely incapacitated. A wish spell can't restore your soul, but the spell reveals the location of the object that holds it. You can draw no more cards after this. If you watched my DM props video, you probably know that I really like using props in my sessions, but you can easily substitute a real deck of cards for dice rolls, even though I would say that drawing from a physical deck is a bit of role-playing theater that your players will likely never forget. You can certainly buy yourself a deck if that's within your financial means, but if you want to get the theater without spending anything, you can also simulate the deck of many things with a common deck of cards. You can use this table on screen in order to do that kind of substitution. The deck of many things is not what I would call an essential aspect of the D&D experience. I think there are plenty of mechanics within the game that add randomness and suspense in a much more intuitive way. That said, the bleak randomness that the deck of many things offers is pretty unmatched. So if this level of chaos sounds like what your party is looking for, whether it be a short or long campaign, I say, again, do whatever you want. I also highly encourage anyone who likes the concept, just not the actual cards, to come up with their own cards and effects to have a better, more curated experience. And to anyone else erring on the side of caution, 
I want to quickly paraphrase Puffin Forest, an incredible D&D YouTuber, and say that anyone who says the deck of many things is a 50-50 chance of good thing happening versus bad thing happening to your character is sorely mistaken. Perhaps in Pathfinder and 3.5 edition this was the case, but in 5th edition it's basically a pile of misery waiting to be drawn. Such as the Flames card. Again, like, who came up with that? Who decided that that's what they wanted in their game? Thank you guys so much for watching, I really appreciate it. Be sure to like and subscribe because we put out new content like this every week, even if I am facing down demon monsters that I had summoned upon me from a deck of cards. And if you guys have any experiences with the deck of many things that you would like to tell us about, please let us know in the comments. My name is Patrick Ferguson from Skull Splitter Dice, and until next time, farewell, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe so you never miss out.